Tomorrow, if you're a veteran, come by Scrambler 6 8 and 9 a and you're going to get breakfast bought for you by Serenity Honors, Air Services, Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, Electrical, and Delta Roofing, and Scramblers. We're going to chat with Christy Fulnecki coming up here in mere moments. We'll talk about the Trump visit to East Palestine, the Buddha judge visit. He's there today. Uh, let me tell you, he's, he's got the hard hat on. He's got the the little glow uh, vest on, the reflective vest, and and I, he looks completely natural. Are you being serious? He does not. Oh, I, I mean, he. Uh, if I were to see him, I think he's well, the that most guy, incompetent but, secretary that we've had in probably the history of the United States. But who he, went from unemployed to the the head of the transportation. But don't you remember DOT? he uh, one summer, I think it was, rode on trains, and he really liked them. <laughs> That, that's what he said when he was nominated, that, that that's what qualified Well, him. you're doing a heck of a job so far between yeah. the airlines I mean, and the trains going off the do, track. Do you know what hey, this, good job, he, So he, he's he's there, and <laughs> they're at the wreckage, and he's really looking at it. That's, you know, that's a scene from a movie where there's a person whose car breaks down, and they're on the side. <laughs> they, they've never even looked under a hood before. Never even seen what it looks like, but they lift up and they're just standing there, kind of poking around. That's what Buddha Judge looks like because he's looking at that train. Like, oh yeah, I see yeah. over here. Uh, oh yeah, I got. And it. I think that I should clearly have been see on the, the track problem. right yep. here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these things so here, is... oh, I, I found the problem, guys. You see these wheel things? These big metal wheels are supposed to be on this thing. These these. I don't know what one might call them. There's two of them. They run uh, next All to one another. All you got to do is flip it over yeah. and put it right, just like Thomas the Train. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's, uh, got this all thing, oh this whole God. thing figured out. Pathetic. Jason, I know, Jason Ryman now with the latest news. An eight-year-old boy from Vancouver, Washington, reported missing last June, has been found safe here in the Ozarks. Chris Maslin has more. He was found near Joplin, Missouri, last Friday. The FBI said he may have traveled to Missouri last August, but didn't provide further details. The boy's grandparents were his last known guardians, and Vancouver police consider them suspects in his disappearance. Child Protection Services officers will bring the boy back to Washington State. A Willard High School student has been arrested for threatening another student. A 15-year-old Willard High School student is in juvenile custody. The Greene County SWAT team and sheriff's detectives arrested the boy at a home in southwest Springfield Monday night. The sheriff says the teen was arrested on a charge of making a terroristic threat in the second degree. Matt Moyer reporting. One man is in the hospital, another in jail after a shooting in Branson. Police were called to a location on Aaron Way. They found a man with a gunshot wound. Police say those men had been arguing about an eviction. And the Missouri Attorney General calling for the resignation of a St. Louis prosecutor after a motorist who repeatedly violated his bond conditions crashed, injuring a teenage volleyball player who later had to have both of her legs amputated. The case renewed criticism of St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. Critics say the driver should have been behind bars for what authorities say were more than 50 bond violations. 
I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast, sunny 44 for a high today, 24 tonight, clouds 49 tomorrow, and Saturday mostly cloudy, a high of 55. The big question is we're talking about Pete Buttigieg is there on the ground in East Palestine, <laughs> and he's really looking at that train. I, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> It, it, well, he, the problem is it fell over. <laughs> I know, that's right. <laughs> but uh, the question is, will he uh, do like Trump and visit with residents? Uh, yeah. That's I a mean, whole it, different ballgame. If he does. Not any normal people. Right. If, yeah. if he does. Everyday it, it will be hand-picked individuals, and I guarantee you they will they will find out or find Democrats. They will yeah. either uh, – you know, check out who voted in Democrat primaries or they'll talk yeah. to who's who here is donated to the Biden campaign. Are they still active? Are they still faithful? They are not going to take a chance of having any interaction with somebody that might uh, call him out or just <laughs> well, ask him questions. You know, yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny because in politics, TV, all the imagery and stuff so big and. And so you see, like, Trump actually doing something and handing water out. And then you see him, like, walking around, mm-hmm. pointing at everything. Playing dress up. Sure- <laughs> Playing dress up. <laughs> I mean, talk about clueless. I mean, well, but are you surprised? I mean, this is like. This is what happens when you it, put people it, in charge is, who have never done anything. It's like anything. a third world country here. I mean, we can't even keep a train on the tracks. And we have like a personal computer in our hands, and we can't even keep a train the, on the tracks in America. Well, and I it mean, isn't. There's there are two issues. There's the infrastructure issue itself, but then there is the issue, and this is where they are really failing. How they responded. You know, they, well, they, yeah. they they've even tried, of course, to blame Trump, which of course was ridiculous because of a number of reasons we talked about earlier it had nothing to do with Trump. But even if it did, the issue right now is how you're handling it. And this is yeah. what happens when you put somebody in charge who has never really handled anything. He never had. Well, right, right. And people could say, well, he was mayor. When he was mayor, he did not m- manage to handle the firing of a police chief there and a, a, oh, yeah, a, a, he, an incident yeah. where there was a white cop that shot a black guy who was going after him with a knife. He did not handle that at all. I mean, the, and here's the thing. Some people just aren't good at that. Yeah. And that's fine. You should know your strengths. You should know your weaknesses. But number one, when you are the president and you are picking people for positions, you should not pick people whose weakness is they have absolutely no ability whatsoever to lead ne- well, or to yeah. manage. And it's based on nepotism. And yeah. you should also, if you're offered that position, have enough dignity to go to the person appointing you and say, listen, I'm really not the person for this job. I appreciate it. Do you have like an ambassadorship or something you can give me instead? Because I do not. I, I rode on a train once, but that's just <laughs> about it. Instead, Buddha judges like I rode on a train once. That's what makes me qualified. Oh yeah, I don't think dignity falls in any or any attribute by this cabinet. I mean, if you look at these people, um. He, I don't even have. I don't think he has anything that has to do with transportation. He didn't even have a job. I, I think he was unemployed before he was appointed the head of Department of Transportation. It, I mean, but it, then you look at the president. You it, know? it was everything's political. That being said, the reaction of people to Trump's arrival ultimately was not yesterday, and it was kind of heartwarming to see. Now, you did have people that were frustrated, and they had the, uh, you know, let's go Brandon flags and so forth. But largely, for the most part, you could see they were just 
relieved, ecstatic to, that someone was paying attention. Yeah, right. Yeah. Here, and I have some audio, and I'm going to play one clip before we go okay. to traffic here. And and this is a guy, and the the visual of it is also significant. It's a guy who looks like he's in his 20s or late 20s, early 30s, and he's just almost like a kid in a candy store as Trump is arriving. He's like, he's here. People are going nuts. He's here. <laughs> and then, of course, you can hear somebody yelling, let's go, Brandon. But I did want to play a couple other bits of audio okay. coming up here. Christy Fulnecki, Jason Ryman with the latest news update. Or, sorry, traffic now. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Christy Fulnecki oh. with us. I play audio and, uh, you know, the video that goes along with it, the looks on the people's faces, their expression, their body language, uh, they're just so appreciative of of Trump visiting, and this is one of the encounters. And I, there's nothing that really stands out. But if you just listen, you can hear people in the crowd, and they're just so grateful. They, you just keep hearing different people say, thank you, thank you for coming. What do you make it about Biden not showing up, you showing up before he did? Have you ever heard a reception like that for Biden? <laughs> no, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, no. ever? No. And, the thing, it, and you know, a lot of politicians never have that kind of reception. No, no yeah. And, in, in our history, I would say no. And the again, the that isn't political for those people. It is. It, it's unfortunately a reflection of the current administration that they're just so. Desperate, to, desperate to, for desperate, attention yeah. for somebody to 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 put a focus on them, and you can just hear it. All these random people and they're crowding around them, and they're just like, "Thank you so much for coming." He went to I, McDonald's also, and he bought lunch for everybody. Oh yeah, that's so and you cool. and I know that is going to get mocked. They are going to uh, play it off as if you know well, this is a serious. And Trump just thinks you can go in and buy hamburgers for people. He doesn't really know, but he does know that is meaningful to people when you do things like that. Those are things that make people feel good. Here they have spent weeks feeling totally ignored and like nobody cares yeah. about them. And somebody comes along and, and does something like that. That is something every one of those people will remember the rest of their lives, and it has meaning to them. But elites don't get that stuff. I know. I they, know. They they. <clears throat> They do not understand humanity in that way. And it's just amazing to me that 
Trump, given how wealthy he is and how successful he is, that he still gets that about average people. Well, and he has that connection. And he he doesn't have to do a poll to say, okay, (laughs) well, if I go buy McDonald's for the – and that's what I think elites think. Like, did he do polling and how did he figure out that if he bought, you know, the firefighters and the police and everybody in this McDonald's, if they bought food, then, you know, I think they probably think that he thinks like that. But, you know, all of – I've read all his books and he has for a long time been very generous to people. I mean, he donates to charities – there were time. There was some story. I can't remember the whole thing, but some lady had broken down on the on the side of the mm. road, and they ended up helping her, and they ended up paying her house off or something. I mean, he would do all of all these elaborate stories. So it's not something new. Right. That's just something that mm. came to him. But you're right. The elites have no clue about his connection with mm. the everyday people. Which I mean, thank goodness we have somebody in in public office that's like that that you can connect to but i i couldn't hear the response but i thought that was funny in the beginning of the video when the guy said to trump well, what do you think since you're here and biden's not here I can't well hear there was I, I didn't grab the audio because you couldn't hear it very well but and i don't know if it was that or another clip he was asked what what is your message oh no somebody else what is your message to biden and i thought it was a perfect response, and it was just, get over here. That's all he said, Trump. Oh, Get over yeah. here. And I thought that was perfect. Here he is at McDonald's. Um, enjoy your meal, and we're going to get the meals for the fire department. Hello, everybody. What's your specialty today? How are you today? Nice to meet you. Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful-looking group of people. So I know this menu better than you do. Okay? <laughs> I know it better than anybody in here. Uh, we're going to take care of the fire department. Okay. We're going to take care of the police department. And what we do is all the people that are eating. Right I'm now, the owner, Mr. President. Oh, so I don't have to give you. That's right. That's a good one to own, right? Yes, it is. One of the best. So we're going to take care of the fire department. Plus the people that are in here, they're going to get a nice free meal. All right? Thank you, everybody. Oh, that's so cool. I, I think it'd be hilarious if Biden was like, we're going to recreate this. And then he spent the whole time <laughs> like, you know, no kidding. I knew Ronald McDonald. <laughs> you know, I once I, I, I was grimace for one summer. I grew up in the uh, Ronald McDonald playhouse. Yeah. Not I, a joke, uh, folks. Not, not a joke. That's right. You know, Mayor McCheese endorsed me. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's what happens when everything is about you versus Trump, everything is about the people, you know, oh, I mean, you, everything is about him. But I mean, I, I think it's so cool. But you saw that all through his presidency when he would go when they would have police shootings or, mm-hmm. you know, nine, he'd always be there because he was comfortable being around people and he'd always connect with them, yeah. you know, and then that's that's how you become the voice for people is by being around them. But and, you know, I always used to talk about Giuliani's book, but he always talked about in in an emergency when you're a leader, you go to the site right, where the, yeah. where the emergency is happening. I mean, that's the first thing that you have to do as a leader. And so Biden like went the complete opposite. No. <laughs> you What's can the be furthest... more opposite. What, where is the <laughs> uh, other than the moon? Where what is the furthest conceivable place you can take me? Right. Or it may have been his handlers um, that made that decision. Like, I know. Get him on the other side I of the mean, world, really. It's not that hard. I mean, it's really not that hard to govern as a leader, I don't think. Well, <laughs> clearly for some, it is. That's right. Well, you. I want to know, um, because we just talked about this. When was the last train wreck? 
Well, I'm Let's talking about the specific oh. train wreck as oh. in oh. <laughs> yeah. um, the the um, the Florida Bloom? or the Amtrak. The- are you talking about literal? Oh, oh no, oh, the Amtrak, the, the first where train. it. I don't think it where it got stuck on the tracks. Yeah, for a couple days, and they were making announcements. Yeah, never. They were on there for like nine one one. Yeah, we're and not they were holding on there you for hostage. How many hours? Fifteen oh, yeah, hours yeah, or longer? It was, a very it was long for time. a long, long time, just, and people can get off, yeah. and they were calling nine one one. Okay, so you're having that. Like, what have you done? This is what I, my question would be if I was in Ohio. Okay, so you had a disaster just a few months ago. So what is going on with the train system here? Is this linked to this? Or, you know, I mean, these are just like questions I want to know because we haven't had like a crisis in the train system for a while. Maybe uh, Buttigieg just needs a basic job evaluation so so tell me how you think that you've been doing and 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 give examples with detail and there's a 30 60 and 90 day evaluation you're not doing too great right now okay more with christy fulnecki coming up i'm nick reed springfield's talk 1041 is always just an app away download the ksgf app and listen live or catch what you missed on ksgf mornings with nick you're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Christy Fulnecki joins us this morning. And we are on YouTube and Facebook Live with uh, uh, updated lighting. Yes, uh, it, was, it is very it's, cool. It's, uh, I mean, Sarah can control it from her phone, actually. Yeah. It she's going to give us a light show one day. I think yeah. she's going to. Really I mean, it feels like a spa in here. I'm so relaxed. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, she can change that at any given moment. I mean, she can just turn it around. There's a, a Newsweek headline, uh, and it just so. It just keeps it, getting yeah, better. Huh? I know. It, 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 it's, yeah. a, it's just a great. They're just knocking great, him out of the park of the Biden administration. <laughs> and this headline illustrates yes. that. Did uh-huh. Biden fall down the stairs of Air Force <laughs> One? Video sparks speculation. <laughs> now, this you know, isn't. I mean, the falling up the stairs. Now, for people that don't know, there, he I, did. I, I, he was going up the stairs. He fell. There was another video. Oh, that was, I just saw uh, the falling yes. up the stairs. Okay. I saw this video that somebody posted yesterday, and it was they, – they, they were filming what appeared to be news footage out of Poland. And the <laughs> shot was a still – it was a, a shot uh, – and it was a, almost a complete front angle of Air Force One. So you, it wasn't at the side where you watch the people walk down the stairs from the plane, but you see the stairs and then you can see their heads. You know, as they oh, come. to the side. And it's okay. dark out. The camera's far away. You can see people and you see somebody clearly tumbles <laughs> down. Oh and gosh. then a number of Are people swarm around the individual. You cannot tell who it is. So that's what this article is about. Now, the article says, oh, it, it, it wasn't him. He came down the stairs later. There's video showing him come down the stairs later, which who knows with the media and this industry. Yeah, yeah. But what I think is funny is this whole story never mentions once that he actually did fall up the stairs during this trip. <laughs> really? Yeah, it doesn't mention it at all. It, it, it does mention that he fell up the stairs that one time that the White House's official statement was that it was really windy, and that's why he fell down multiple times. Uh, but um, oh, it, it did man. not mention that on this trip he did well, fall j- up the stairs. Journalism is definitely dead. We already knew that. I mean, really, have some dignity. If, if you want to put a chairlift on Air Force <laughs> One, I was, go ahead and do it. Like... I, mean, I I was except, thinking, you know, an, I was just, thinking an escalator, but a chairlift is even better. A chairlift, just get it in, and 
It, well, it has to slowly go around as it escalates <laughs> around the plane. They've got. It would give you plenty of time to wave. Yeah. I mean, just like everybody. Yeah, I mean, they're waving everybody. You just give well, them an ice cream cone at the beginning to keep them occupied. Well, do you know the funny thing? Yeah, right. You have to really <laughs> buckle them in. Now, Mr. President, keep your hands off the belt, the seatbelt. Here, here's an ice cream cone. One for each hand. Well, the funny thing is, when you watch that video, when he falls down, you know, then you're like, okay. Because when you fall, you're thinking, how am I going to recover? He gets up at the top and turns around and waves like he's proud of it. I'm like, like I did you- it. <laughs> I got up all by myself. I mean, that is so sad. But then if you get a lift chair, I was thinking, okay, no, I mean, we've had, you know, governors are in wheelchairs. We had uh-huh. Roosevelt. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with being in a wheelchair. Well, yeah, but you have to provide an explanation of why you're in sure. a wheelchair. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that's mm. kind of like, how am I going to explain that? You know? Yeah. I don't have, you know, MS or whatever. Right. So I'm just clumsy. <laughs> I don't know. I can't walk. I'm just Joe. I'm just not there. I'm just. Whatever it is, it's. I don't know, but that's it, something has to change. Because I mean, seriously though, he can really get hurt, and mm-hmm. so you can have a head injury. Well, and nobody is thinking <laughs> that's true. I said that before. I thought what I was saying. Uh, you never yeah. know; it could go the other way. You could just be as sharp as a tack <laughs> after that. We got uh, Christy Fulnacki with us. Uh, I, I want to talk coming up. Play some oh, okay. audio of this. Uh, uh, Georgia grand jury four person, this 30 year old gal. Have you seen any of this audio? She's no, I haven't seen the audio. It it is so bad that this she's the four person of the Fulton County, Georgia special grand jury form to investigate potential election crimes by the Trump campaign and so forth. And she's out there doing these interviews. She she's 30 years old. She acts like she's 14 or 15 giggling and excited about the whole thing it's so bad that people on the left are like stop putting her on she is going to she is totally discrediting our attempt to try and take down trump so we'll play some of her audio here in just moments with christy fulnecki springfield's talk 1041 i'm nick reed you're listening to nick reed in the morning on springfield's talk 1041 First alert forecast, sunny, windy, high of 44, 24 for a low tonight, cloudy, 49 tomorrow, Saturday, mostly cloudy, a high of 55. Christy Fulnecki is with us. Good morning. You're an attorney. Yes, I do. I I don't play it on TV. I really am. Yeah, you are a real one. Uh uh, There's a gal by the name of Emily Coors. She is a 30-year-old gal. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, she presents herself as somebody who might be in junior high and i'm not saying i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying that to be mean but if you watch the video of these interviews oh, okay physically it would be easy and she looks young anyhow she, oh, okay. she looks younger than 30 even you could think she is in high school the way that she acts the way she okay, presents herself okay i got to hear this then um physically verbally to a degree as well she was chosen to be the four person of the Fulton County, Georgia, special grand jury that was formed to investigate potential election crimes by Trump and, you know, this whole thing that's been going on. Well, this is all still going on, but she has put herself out there doing these interviews, talking about all of this stuff. And it is so bad and such a violation of everything that even media outlets on the people on the left are 
like, shut her up. <sighs> Stop putting her out there. And there are many legal analysts that are saying at this point they're, they're giving Trump world a thousand reasons to ask a judge to throw all yeah. this out. Uh, here she is, and she's being at I, this may have been on CNN. She, I, I don't know. She has done a number of different network interviews as well as a sit down with the Atlantic. But uh, here she is, and she's being asked about part of it and and Trump. And, and uh, here's her response. Oh, wait, let me get it actually ready. Maybe oh, if okay. I do my job Former over president, here. But honestly, I kind of wanted... All right, so let's back up. Here we go. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I presidents? wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. Mm. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just... I kind of just thought that it. would be an awesome moment. I can see how oh trying to get the former president to come talk to us would have been a year in negotiation by itself. So it sounds like that was ultimately <laughs> a battle that you all decided not to wage. Exactly. That's, that's kind of how it ended up. Was that and I'd be fascinated by what he said, but do you think he would have come in and said anything groundbreaking or just the same kind of thing we've heard? So at some point you don't need to hear 50 people say the same thing. You know what I mean? At some point, you kind of start to get the gist. <laughs> aside, oh, as, my gosh. Aside from the clear corruption um, on the higher levels of our justice system, this also is why I have no faith in it. Oh. That this person, a four-person of a grand jury, I mean, she well, acts <clears throat> like she's at summer camp and it's model UN or something. And, well, and you have to, yeah. Yeah, and you have to understand the okay. So this is different. It's a grand jury, not a jury trial, right. so it's different. Mm -hmm. But you're also this is to charge someone, and um, I'm surprised that the judge didn't issue an order once he started hearing her her speak. So I mean, it is different than a jury trial, but you you um, are you still have the potential to persuade other members that you know are right. are on there. So I'm I'm surprised because normally especially in a high-profile case, a judge will issue the gag order so that you won't talk. So and, you don't have any influence over everyone else. And I've not been on a but, grand jury before, but her approach where she was being asked, well, were there other people uh, that you felt should have been called? And she's like, well, we just, I don't know. Did you, I mean, we didn't really think they'd say anything different. I mean, that doesn't, I don't, I don't know. I would think that well, it's, you wouldn't make those preconceived well, it's shocking because a lot of times you don't even know what's going on with the grand jury. I mean, some of my right. cases. Oh, they're so secret. No, I know. And some of my cases that I've represented after they've been charged in a grand jury, I have a case actually right now in Kansas City. Um, you know, you have the disclosure by the prosecutors that they give to you. But, I mean, you don't know what happened there. Mm. You don't hear him speak. You don't hear. Nobody says anything. Well, and so I'd like to know who that. It'd be interesting to find out who that judge is mm. because if I was a judge in that case, I would have shut that down. Right when she did her first interview. Well, here you know? she she talks about and she's asked do her thoughts and, and wishes regarding anyone being indicted. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. Like that's that's about my only request there is is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But 
I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time. Oh, my God. Too much argument in, in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good, bye. And if it was just a perjury charge or perjury charges, would that be acceptable to you? That's fine. I will be happy as long as something happens. <laughs> oh, and this is somebody that's unbiased. You're supposed to have people that are unbiased supposed to make these decisions. Her rationale for wanting something done is because they spent a lot of time on it. That's what she said. Yeah. I would hate to not see somebody charged because it would be a waste of our time. Is that really how that's determined? Is there some sort of uh, a chart? Well, I mean, if, if the grand jury spends this many hours, then you don't have to. But if there's this many, if you don't, it's a waste of time. Not facts, not anything along those lines. But, well, we just spent a lot of time on it. It would have been a waste of yeah, our time. And you wonder, as you're hearing that, people say to me all the time about losing faith in our legal system and what's wrong. I mean, that's exactly an example right there. But, you know, I... I mean, you're supposed to, in a jury trial and when you have a grand jury, you're supposed to have members that are unbiased that are making decisions. But you know that's not true in these political cases. Right. You know, I mean, when you have a political case, right, that, I mean, that's what, I mean, it's so hard when you have um, politics and the legal system come together because there's all, you know, um, it's ripe for corruption. But I really put this at the feet of that judge because the judge should have shut it down. I mean, I'd like to know how, if this is judge's donates to the democratic party or what what's going on with this judge i i I didn't say this audio properly but i'm thinking that this is the discussion with anderson cooper let me see here real quick okay perspective now from cnn senior legal analyst ellie honig former assistant u.s attorney he's also the author of the new book untouchable how powerful people get away with it also with us our chief political correspondent and co-anchor of cnn's state of the union dana bash um First of all, why this person is talking on TV, I do not understand. She's clearly enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, is this responsible? She was the foreperson of this grand jury. This is a horrible idea, and I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on yeah, this. I was wincing just <laughs> watching her eagerness yes. to, like, you know, hint at stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty. That's right. We're talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history. She does not seem to be taking that very right. seriously. There's no reason for her to be out talking. No. I mean, there's a, right, it's okay. a prosecutor's nightmare. She, okay. Mark my words. Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion if there's an indictment to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. She's yeah. not supposed to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. Yeah. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny or interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. And I don't know whether yeah. this is a violation or not, again, not having been on a grand jury. And I've been getting text messages, people who have served on them saying, yeah, we were sworn to secrecy. But in I think it was an interview with The Atlantic talked about how every day going home and talking to her boyfriend about everything. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. you're not supposed to say anything. And that's what I mean. Not only that, it's if something happened. I mean, clearly this is appealable. 
that I can't even imagine that a prosecutor would. I mean, if I was a prosecutor in this case, like he said, I mean, I'm like, I don't want to touch this with a 10 foot pole. I mean, this is just toxic. The whole it is so thing. odd. I, I, I always try to figure out motivation. What are people thinking? And yeah. why, like you said, why hasn't the judge done something? Why hasn't the prosecutor done something? Or have have they, has the prosecutor said, stop doing this? She's like, I'm going to do it anyway. This is my ticket to fame. Or then I get conspiratorial minded. Maybe they. So much of this is for show, anyhow. That these attempts to go after Trump, like the raid on Mar-a-Lago, all of it set up at show. Do, do they know that they can't legitimately get anyone on this? So they've sort of said, "Hey, if you want to go out and do interviews, so that they can at least make it appear as if, uh, yeah, the boy, they, these people have done something wrong." She starts talking about perjury and everything. Um, to where it's just out there, but not realizing how bad she was going to come across. No way. I would totally. I don't know. If I was a prosecutor, I'd totally dismiss <clears throat> this. This is ridiculous. And, you know, you always look at the motivations of the people, you know, in law enforcement mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And, you know, prosecutors are usually elected. And so, I mean, you're looking at this and such a high profile story. And, like, are you really going to want to go after Trump and after this woman's been on there? I mean, it's terrible. I mean, it, it's so... And like I said, I, I can't believe it. Judge hasn't shut this down. When, Should, when I was watching this, of course, I wanted to get your opinion, yeah, but I was thinking... Tragic. For a number of reasons, but in this context, I, I wish D were still with us. Oh, I would love to Actually, hear that's funny, because I was thinking about yeah. him when you were playing that. Yeah, but... um. You know, I mean, she clearly is biased. And, I mean, you have so many. And well, especially when you have jury trial, I mean, that's somebody that you kick off well, and, right and, away. And this is actually, to me, the part that's missing in the, quote, conversation. Everyone is focusing on what poor judgment it is that she is talking to the media. But my concern is this is the same person and the same level of judgment that is making decisions and recommendations for, for uh, regarding prosecutions. I know. That, I that's know. the part that scares me. It's like, okay, yes, but what about the whole legal part of this? The fact she's a four person of a jury. That's the part that really scares me that, that, that we are seeing on display the approach, the mentality, the attitude. Uh, somebody who well, has fully acknowledged that the, the reason she would be mad that nobody uh, has charges brought against him is because she had to spend a lot of time on this. Yeah, and people don't realize, even though you still have to have a, a trial and stuff, you still have to live with um, that you were well, charged sure, yeah, with something. Absolutely. Well, and, and the so, cost of know, attorneys. And- oh, yeah. I mean, my case, it's a parental kidnapping. Their parents trying to save their daughter from being abused by the father. And they have to wear ankle bracelets. Yeah. And they've had that for six mm. months. And that was by a grand jury. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's really hard because there's such serious consequences. And to have somebody come out... And, you know, to me, like, it doesn't really matter what she's saying. It's that it's not being shut down because you can't have faith in the in the judicial process if you're going to have all those leaks come out. Well, and and I'll say this finally before we get a traffic update. Uh, You know, it's bad when even the view is trashing her. (laughs) I mean, when even the view is like, shut your mouth. uh, That that is not good. More with Christy Fulnecki in moments. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Along with Christy Fulnecki, you want to hear some satisfying audio? Oh, yes. All right. Okay, this I do. Recent. It keeps getting better. Uh, this, this, <laughs> this, is, this is satisfying. Uh, Bill Maher. Oh, yeah, okay. And he has on his panel MSNBC lawyer Ari Melber. Okay. 
And this is the conversation that they had, which is actually more Bill Maher than Ari Melber. Um, and they are talking about COVID. Because I saw in the paper today, kind of a big story, I think. I wonder how much it's going to get covered in the liberal media. Because it's about how natural immunity, mm-hmm. they did a giant study, 65 countries, or maybe something like 65 countries, many, many different studies. They looked at them all. Natural immunity, as good or better than the vaccine. Something I've been saying since the beginning, and I get called an anti-vaxxer. That's not an anti-vaxxer. This is the kind of thing, I, you know, my problem with the media from both sides is not that you, you guys lie. It's that you tell me your side of the story that you want me to know. You don't tell me the whole story. I'd be curious as to how much play this story gets, because... I I remember reading that they did a study of Republicans versus Democrats. The question was, what percentage, this is like a year and a half ago, what percentage of people who get COVID require hospitalization? The answer is less than 1%. Almost half of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Mm. They listened to your network. Where do they get that kind of information? That was you to you. That was clear. Okay, that's bad information they have in their head, and it's from one side. Yeah. Wow, nailed it. Yeah, uh, there's nothing, you and know, that's, that's why he said what, that that long pause because Ari Melber, there was another guest, and he kind of looked at her. What he said was factual. I could see why uh, someone from MSNBC would be without response. What do you say other than yeah? We mislead people. <laughs> You're we, right. We, that's we, right. We uh-huh. were the purveyors of misinformation. And that's a point I've that I've always made when it comes to media. What's the point of media? And to me, if you have a news story, yeah. your goal should be that the person who is the recipient of the news has the most accurate picture of what is actually going on as possible, mm-hmm. which means – Everyone, you know, this person says this, this person says this. They should also not know which side you're on. Yeah. Um, and when you have a network or when you have, like he said, over 50 percent of Democrats had these wildly outrageous misconceptions about COVID and they watch MSNBC. They watch CNN. So what does that tell you when your viewers are wildly misinformed on something and they get their information yeah. from you and of course, that was what he was asking, yeah. and that's why there was, you know, uh, uh. Well, because the the reporters have an agenda, and so their agenda is to support the Democrats. But they, the whole point was that they want to control everybody. They wanted everybody under control. And I mean, I still have all of these. I mean, if people think that it went away. Mm. I still have all these cases of people being fired for the vaccine and various degrees of all of this stuff still from covid and i tell them all the time you know in the beginning you know you know they knew that they were right they stuck by their convictions you know and now they're vindicated except you know it's just like the military all these people have been fired and so you know it's very frustrating but you know it is satisfying in a way that that people already knew that and they stood up for themselves and here you know? and, and this is why for bill maher to say it to me it's satisfying is because he is going to give people on the left permission to accept this reality some 
Now, some will still know MSNBC says this or no Biden says this and they'll still ignore reality. But but that's what has to happen is you have to have these people on the left like Bill Maher that will give some of these be like, well, gosh, that does make sense. And if he's saying it, it, it's not some right wing conspiracy theory. It's it's you know, there's some truth there to it. Or Christy Fulnick, you got to get a quick break in and more uh, in moments. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Christy Fonecki with us, who yes. is past her prime, according to Don Lemon of, of course, uh, CNN. You were in Me- you've been in Mexico. I don't know if you saw this with. Uh, no. Oh my God. Oh, I was. I, in, wish, I was on the beach and I listened to Dave Matthews. I, I had didn't brought hear that. this up earlier. So Don Lemon oh. was on CNN. Nikki Haley made her announcement running oh, yeah, for president, yeah. and part of what she said is that we need to move past politicians that are past their prime. Don Lemon's sitting there between two women co-anchors, and he's like, "Well, she shouldn't be talking because she's." past her prime women past their prime in their 20s and 30s and then he's like mm-hmm. well maybe 40s and they pushed back and he's like no it's a fact google it well so there was huge you know up and he 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 was uh, given a day off uh, and and uh, he has to go through some uh uh, uh training in order to, and he's back and everything but uh it, it's just a hilarious oh is hilarious but he must not be married because you wouldn't say that. He's gay. Oh, yeah, he's gay. I, oh. I don't know if he's married or not. Oh, but okay. but that and it was so funny as he's sitting there. So he was a uh, uh, a homosexual man explaining to two women who are oh. like that's not true, and he's te- he's mansplaining to them that they actually are past their prime. And but <gasps> oh my gosh, I didn't even see that. So of course he apologized, and it's a learning experience. All this crap. But there there was a point made by John Nolte and Breitbart that escaped me and i thought it's actually a brilliant point um that and cnn has apologized that cnn don lemon they apologized to everyone in the sun except nikki haley wow the, the person that the remark was actually specifically targeting claiming that and hitting at her that's the one person that they aren't apologizing to isn't that just perfect Wow, and these people don't discriminate, huh? No. Yeah, they really are for women's rights and. Well, while you were away after her announcement, yeah. she was already declared a white supremacist on some of the networks. Oh my gosh, <laughs> is this America? Thank goodness, it, I was it is on for, the beach. for one political party in particular. Yeah, uh, so you just next- keep getting better as you get older. I'm telling you. I except when you hit fifty. Since I just had my fiftieth birthday, then you count backwards. Okay. Well, you do what yeah. New math. That's right. That's New right. Math. And uh, I told you earlier, I'm not getting on a train. I'm not getting on the Polar Express anymore. Yeah. As long as, well, <laughs> don't, don't worry, Pete Buttigieg. If, if anything happens, Pete Buttigieg will show up uh, three weeks later and, <laughs> I know, and uh, declare. Santa will be dead and yep, he will be on yep. the train tracks. And, and he'll declare, oh, it uh, fell over. <laughs> that, that's what happened and it crushed mr and mrs yeah, claus the elves everywhere yeah. green and red blood and everything so all right well we'll be in mexico next week yes. so sorry okay. Won't okay. Hear from you. Uh, it's beautiful weather I'm if anybody wants to, to break it. from united states go to mexico it's beautiful right now uh we got news in 60 seconds thank you christy Filnecki. yes author of the week next hour as well i'm nick reed